the Youth Workshop Podcast, episode number 20. 85% of people who fill us to Jesus in, in this part of the world do so before the age of 23, which means 85% of every church's home mission budget should be spent on youth ministry, first wow. of all. Can you Six. repeat that? Repeat that, please, Phil. Repeat yeah. that statistic for our listeners. You bring the passion. We bring the knowledge. Learn from the most creative, innovative and experienced youth experts across the globe. Are you ready to take your youth ministry to the next level? If the answer is yes, you are in the right place. The Youth Workshop, the podcast. Here's your host, Luke White. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Youth Workshop podcast. I'm so happy, I'm excited today to welcome our special guest, Phil Knox. Phil is the, well, Phil actually works for Youth for Christ, and rather than giving away what exactly he does, I'm going to hand over to him. Phil, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hey, Luke, how you doing? I'm good. Um, yeah, let me tell you, I work for Youth for Christ. Um, I uh, work is trying to reach every young person in Britain with the good news of Jesus. We genuinely believe if Britain's going to be changed, if the world's going to be changed, it's going to be for young people. And um, my bit within that is trying to work alongside church, for church, inspire church, um, to be the very best we can be at reaching out to every young person in, in every church's community. Um, and uh, part of that, get to hang out with great people, inspire great people, lead a great team, um, who create amazing resources for churches, but also just be part of YFC's wider vision um, to reach every young person with the good news of Jesus. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Okay, so tell, because some of my listeners, this will be the first time they've heard of Youth for Christ. Just let them know a bit about how much work Youth for Christ actually do and just how wide your reach is, just so they can get a sense of the organisation you work for. Yeah, great. So YFC was started in 1946 uh, by a guy called Billy Graham. Um, who's an evangelist, um, and um, he came to Britain in, in the 1940s and was so appalled at the state of British young people uh, that he started British Youth for Christ. And ever since then, um, we try and hold two things in tension. First of all, the good news of Jesus, and second of all, this thing relevantly, and trying to take that good news of Jesus relevantly to every young person. Uh, our last audit, we worked with about a quarter of a million young people a month. Um, uh, we're being reordered at the moment, so we're going to see how far we've come since then. Um, and the dream is by 2020 to be reaching a million young people every month because there's about six million young people in Britain and uh, sociologists reckon that if you reach a sixth of any people group you can begin to really influence it and change it and so we're trying to uh, reach a million young people a month by 2020. Um, we do that all in, in any way possible really I guess we, we're in prisons and um, in, um, in school we have 70 local centres all over Britain we work in hundreds of churches uh, all over Britain and, and our resources are used there. Um, we have a street dance crew. We have a thriving gap year. We have a football cage that tours around. Um, yeah, any, any way that we can reach young people with good news of Jesus, we, uh, we try and use that to, to do that. So, yeah, it's great. And that is so exciting. That is so exciting, especially, you know, I've come from a background of working in a local church. Yeah. And um, I always try to inspire my team with the idea that no idea is a silly idea, like anything can happen. Sometimes it's hard slog to convince the church, but you guys seem to really have embraced the idea that we can do and we will do anything that's going to be effective. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, had, um, we had an amazing story a couple of years ago, Luke, because I... Uh of an idea which you just never think of. So we, 
we had the, one of our local centres started a choir, and you're like, choirs, really? But it was off the back of kind of glee mania. Okay. Start, <laughs> started a choir in, in, a, in a really rural area and invited loads of people to join the choir. Loads of young people came because they just wanted to sing because they kind of saw it on the telly and wanted to sing stuff. And uh, one particular time, this young girl is singing, Oh, Happy Day, He My Sins Away. And then kind of goes to the youth worker who's running the choir and says, uh, and says, tell me about what's, what's this about? This washing my sins away. Tell me about it. And of course, the tells her about Jesus and him dying and rising again. And the girl's like, how, how can I, what, what can I do? And, and she gives her life to Jesus and surrenders her life to the king off the back of joining this choir. So, so yeah, and, and I guess one of, one of our core values, Luke, is innovation. And we, we have all kinds of crazy ideas and want to empower the church to have many crazy ideas to do whatever it takes to um, help communicate the, the, the good news. How do you go on from that then? How would you encourage our listeners who are part of a youth team in their church to get that, that innovative spirit going? Is there anything that you guys specifically do that helps to get the, the creativity flowing, the blood pumping? I, 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 for me, uh, what youth work is always, it, for me, is a team game rather than individual pursuit. And uh, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in a church where I had this amazing just youth team really and, and and youth and youth leaders of all ages as well you know one of our one of our big thing is we did a um, a piece of research a few years ago where we asked a, asked a thousand young people what they looked for in a youth worker and 85 percent came back and said they wanted a parent or grandparent like figure wow. which we astounded by because we wow. thought that most youth workers would want someone in their kind of 20s and i i profoundly remember um growing up uh, having a, an older lady called janet um, and she was ancient then, and she's still around. She's still around now, and still prays for me regularly. And, um, and so, what, and so for me, that youth work's always been a team game. And so, I think in terms of start, start, sparking creativity, most of my crazy ideas happen in, in a team. You know, and you're just on a journey somewhere with a car full of uh, volunteers, or you're kind of just hanging out over lunch, or you're in the in the kitchen, or, or whatever it is. And and I think it's it's. For me, creativity always happens when you bounce an idea about how about we do this or how about mm, so, mm. and someone sparks off it and, and develops it and and um and some I have some ideas that kind of five in the morning when the wakes me up and says right you need to do this but most of the time you know we've we've done some crazy ideas as well I see a couple of years ago we uh, we broke the Guinness World Record for the world's longest five aside football match <laughs> we, we we played we played football for forty eight hours now you're back. speaking my language uh, come on. <laughs> We play. We, we raised about fifty k for YFC. Oh um, my days! And broke this Guinness World Record. But that that basically started by just a ridiculous conversation in the kitchen. Like, where someone says, "How do we? How, how can we raise some money?" Someone goes, "Why don't we break a world record?" And then off that, people started looking at what was available. So, so yeah. Do you remember so we, the score, Phil? Yeah, we we lost by three hundred goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite painful. So. <laughs> It was about it was about nine hundred, six hundred or something. Oh my! Wow, if that is phenomenal. Down, if you break that down, it's about three two. So. <laughs> Oh, that is amazing. Now, Phil, when I first met you, as I said in our little pre-chat interview, like, talk, um, I met you at the Youth Work Conference last year, and yeah. I was straight away drawn into your personal energy and the vibrancy <laughs> that was coming off you. How yeah. do you keep, even, and I'm sure even on this call, people are getting a sense of, of your 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 spirit for this and your 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 passion for this where does that come from and how do you keep that keep that going 
genuine thing. It's it's, uh, it's God given. I think that's the first thing. I um, uh, what you get with me is often quantity rather than quality. I say that I say that about my singing in church because of a few people around me. That, you know, I don't always appreciate the volume at which I pump out the tunes. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think God's made me this way. Um, I um, I had this. I was at Spring Harvest recently, and I had this nightmare down the last day of Spring. I've been at Spring Harvest and two weeks back to back. At this moment where I woke up on the last morning and I, and I thought and I knew the schedule was coming but I was kind of Bible teaching in the 15 to 18 venue first thing then I was doing a Hope Revolution seminar where we with joint venues 11 to 18 then I had an adult seminar in the afternoon and then I had a, um, a, a speaking in the 11 to 14 venue in the evening and I thought about it and just thought you know I should be I should be thinking this is an absolute nightmare mm. but, but it was just so pumped and I, and I think and I had this moment where I remember um, in the film Chariots of Fire, uh, the runner Eric Liddell says, says this beautiful phrase. He says, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I just, I think God's made me with lots of energy. And, and when I expend energy, I feel his pleasure. And uh, so I think there's a bit of that. I think also, I think um, it's a real privilege to, to get to do what we do in terms of working with young people. Mm-hmm. And in terms of doing what we see, and I, I, um, I did, I studied law at university, Luke. I was, I was going to earn a lot more money than is in Euclid. <laughs> and, um, and I really enjoyed law, but, but I, my, my life is so much more exciting than being a lawyer. And I'm not looking, I'm not looking lawyers, no. I, but, but most of them don't get to see the hundreds of young people I see, thousands of young people I see every year come to know Jesus. Um, and I, I'm genuinely grateful for that every day. And, and I think, I think a lot of the energy comes from a bit of quite a thankful heart. I genuinely can't believe the life that God's given me, and I'm so grateful for it. Um, but um, but also, I just, I've got a lot of faith for believing what God might do in in our generation. I genuinely, I, I um, I, I think revival could be just around the corner. I, I think you know what what God could do in our lifetime is amazing, and I'm determined to give everything that I've got to that. Really, so yeah. But um, and I'm also and I'm also a morning person, Luke. That's the other thing. If you uh, by tonight, I know tonight's general election night. I'm determined to last the whole night. But I I have energy. I, ha- I wake up out of bed and infuriates my wife at about kind of six o'clock, and I'm like, bang, I'm on, I'm ready to go. And then and, and then throughout the day, that seriously diminishes. Oh man! I, listen, I, by the time we finish this conversation, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm ready to sleep. Exactly. You're, you're preaching to the choir here because my wife she complains she's like just stay in bed a little longer yeah. i'm like no the day's yeah. gonna finish and i'm not gonna have done anything <laughs> and are you, are you a morning person luke 100 100 percent. but by as i say by five no it's it's, it's what it's, we did what we do in this interview at four o'clock for we I should know, be, we should, we should have done it at like 5 a.m we'd have been fresh man i know i know but you know that, that last final push and as you say we've got to be up for election night we can't miss it we can't miss it let's let's talk a bit about the election actually <laughs> okay. why not let's let's do it um whew, so much to say how do you or how how do you feel about discussing social issues politics with young people how how involved do you think young people should be in the whole election process because there are some people who say stay away from it it's evil it's it's negative it's not to be um it's not to be involved with whereas other people say well no you have to be involved in changing the process where do you where would you where do you stand on the issue I, I think I think young people need to be involved. I think um, uh, I live on a uh, council estate in Birmingham, and, and uh, our young people would be uh, 
typically dem demographically the kind of people who turn in to non-voters and um and we've got a very interesting uh, political situation. I've been I've been torn throughout the whole whole process you know, in terms of who to vote for. One of the one of the deciding factors in who to vote for is one one candidate from one of the parties hasn't even really engaged with our with our with our part of the constituency at all. Uh, and and I guess unless young people make those issues make their issues known to those kind of people, that that those that particular political party will never engage with them if they think they're not going to vote or at least not going to vote for them um, and, and also i think there's a lot there's also a lot of um uh, pain and cynicism around young people around politics we uh one of the things that we we do often with our young people is do kind of social action projects um and it's a great way do you know what I, i'm absolutely one of the things i'm absolutely convinced by is that we're going to see young people come to know jesus by doing what jesus does before they know him by name Yep. And, and, um, and so one of the things we do is we invite the lads on our estate who are totally unchurched and have done for years on our social action projects. But, and, and they get involved and kind of, you know, shovel the leaves and, and tidy the walkways in our community. And by doing so, I, I think that that a opens up conversations about why we're doing that kind of thing. And we have good chats with them about, about Jesus and, and stuff. And that's been a significant vehicle for them on their way to faith. Um, but also what's been interesting is that as we've done that, often we tell like the council that we're involved and uh and we've had a number of tragic occasions where members of the kind of council local councillors and people from the political parties have come and joined us for like five minutes you know got their kind of litter pickers out dabbed a bit of the litter have a little, had a little photo opportunity oh. with, i know with the young people and then just popped off and then popped off in their coats do you know what i mean and then those photos appear on their, on their newsletters and the young people are like what is that and they see the hypocrisy. And, and I guess unless young people begin to engage with those issues and, and show, show the politicians that unless, you know, unless the politicians actually have, have the integrity to stay and get to know them and do, I guess, what the church is doing, then the young people will just be, you know, cynical and, and vote elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, do, I do think young people should be involved. And I think the other challenge is a lot of the, a lot of the, the political campaigning has been to the older generations or seemingly so and a lot of the policies are geared towards older generations but certainly among some of the some of the political, political parties and unless young people say yes i'm going to be i'm going to vote against that or at least vote with their feet that you know they, they will have effort the political parties will have experts won't they you know talking about who, who votes and if, and if unless young people are in that demographic voting then then the policies will always be be decided by older people very very interesting yeah it, make, it, make, it makes me genuinely sick how some uh some political parties are so cynical to to do the photo opportunity i it? know that's just terrible i but social action you've hit on a on a big issue a big point here because i remember i think i started to notice maybe the trend had begun already but i started to notice just how um, socially minded this generation is when we were introduced to the Coney 2012 um, I think that was I knew I mean I knew I, I was recognizing that people seemed to be interested in what was going on in the world and wanted to make the world a better place but that was when I really saw the scale to which young people were willing to go and the opportunity that technology provided for actually us all to engage in some type of social action do you feel that this has kind of increased or decreased as young people are getting more cynical or do you think the, the opportunities are there and are being taken just as readily as ever? I guess in terms of in terms of the young people uh, kind of I work with and know my community, I, I guess that they 
there's a lot less probably because of the nature and, and, and the, you know, the demographic of where we live in terms of involvement um, in politics. And I guess that's I guess that's a real shame, really. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'd like yeah, I'd like to see more. We 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 encourage all of our guys to to get involved, but also because they can't vote till they're eighteen, I think that also means that they're a bit less engaged at this age. You know, our, our, the dream that we have for the young people we work with on our estate is that we still know them, and that they're continuing to to get to know Jesus into their twenties and beyond. Uh, so I'll let you know then, if you like, <laughs> when when you know when when they can vote if they're if they're if they're still as cynical and disengaged then. Um, but um. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to see more. Cool, cool. All right, let's talk a bit now about your actual role um, in Youth for Christ, what you actually do. And I have a follow-up question, but ex- tell, tell, our, tell our listeners a bit about that. Yeah, great. So we, uh, uh, the, the, my bit, my bit is, uh, I guess I have two roles. The first is I'm part of the YTC leadership team. So we uh, oversee different areas, but also at, at the moment we're, um, we're in charge because we our, our national director, Gavin Calver, Moved on to the Evangelical Alliance um, la- uh, last month, and so he he goes to start a new job, and so we've got a few months before a brilliant new guy called Neil O'Boyle takes over as head of Youth for Christ, and we're, we're really really excited. He's an amazing guy. Can't wait for him to join the team. But I guess even when he joins, you know, part of my role is overseeing the o- overall leadership of YFC, uh, which is a huge privilege and great fun, as you can imagine. Um, the second part is I lead a team uh, called the Church Resource Department. Um, and our mission is to equip and inspire every church in Britain to reach every young person in their community. And uh, the, uh, the, the, what that looks like is, first of all, resourcing. And so we have a, a brand new, amazing website called yfcresources.co.uk. And on there, um, the, the, the dream of that website is to help youth workers, A, have programs that they can use to, to run evangelism kind of nights. So I guess Friday, your typical Friday night youth club that a lot of, uh, youth workers struggle for ideas. We out <laughs> the kind of the, you know your games, your video clips, all the components of a great youth work session. We basically provide, and then there's two of the that's called Rock Solid, and then there's two of the resources for discipleship called Lumen and Metal. And again, they are in-depth biblical discipleship on every topic imaginable. And we help youth workers um, delve into the topic, do put together a brilliant session week in week out, whether that be Sunday morning, youth house group, Sunday evening, whatever it is. And we've created this amazing new tool called Session Builder, where every youth worker can drag and drop, create their own content, put their own testimony in, search the database, the thousands of games and bits of content we've ever produced. It's also thematic, so we we go through series based on different books of the Bible. And the idea basically is for every youth worker to be able to create uh, the perfect session week in, week out. We've worked out if we can save every youth worker kind of four or five hours a week in putting together that that perfect youth work session, we, we, we can release them to kind of go in and do the bit that they really do their job for, which is hanging out with young people. And so I, I lead this incredibly gifted and passionate team to generate that content, to get it out there, to develop the web platform. Um, and we've seen amazing growth over the last uh, year or so. We launched it about a year ago. We had about 400 groups then. We're now closing in on 700. So it's an extraordinary growth over the last year or so. So over 2,000 free trials as well. Um, and um, so, yeah, if you're a youth worker, check it out. We'd love to serve you in that way. Um, www wifeseriesources.co.uk um, but wider than that we just want to support and cheer on youth ministry really we uh, we do we, we're involved in training got all kinds of events like you mentioned youth at the conference and others we, um, we've got a person whose job it is to phone up youth workers and encourage them and pray for them and ask what God's doing and see how we can serve them better um, we extend into 18 plus so we've got a 
film series called Ethos, which is for kind of 18 to 30s, recognising that's a huge challenge for the area and for the, for the church, and wanted to provide uh, relevant content for 18 to 30s. And also recently taken over a, a ministry called Big Ministries, which does um, 8 to 11s. And so they produce resources, training them to them. So, so that's my job. Very, very busy, leading the team, trying to trying to serve and, and support where I can um, and uh, and meeting people and trying to trying to bless youth ministry really that's, that's the aim of the game I, I don't even know where to start other than to say <laughs> you said you had a follow up question I, I don't now <laughs> all, <laughs> all I have to say is that is actually fantastic and I want to commend you I'm sure people do all the time but I want to commend you and YFC for what you guys are doing because I'm thinking how much that would have helped me that resource the the program builder drag yeah. and drop i Come mean on. i'm literally if if i wasn't scared that it would cut out our internet connection i would be on the website <laughs> right now yeah. that is just fantastic absolutely fantastic and as you say it's the time element and because a lot of our listeners and this is the inspiration for this podcast a lot of our listeners are youth workers who are doing the role part-time which yeah. means that they've got they work nine to five and my dream is that they're listening to this podcast on their way to work so that when they come home in the evening they've got a bit of ideas um a bit of stuff that they can do so if we can save them time which is just such a valuable resource our most valuable resource then that is really what i'm about so that is fantastic ladies and gentlemen get to yfcresources.co.uk and please let us know how you find it um how useful it is for you because we i think this is a great resource and um I, w- I would definitely one I, I would love to recommend so wow 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 awesome stuff so what's wh- how did that even was that inspired because that you say it's fairly it, it was launched last year correct yeah I, I, I'm gonna guess uh, the principles and the resources themselves have, have been around for a really long time so, so rock solid was launched years ago uh, in the 90s um, by uh, my wife's uh, kind of center um, who, who really you know wanted just wanted to come up with with something of a way of I guess just wanting to see evangelistic youth ministry done really well, and and also I, I find a lot of a lot of most youth workers want to reach young people in their community. I don't think there's a lack of desire to be evangelistic, but often the principles and the ideas often are the things that kind of zap the time. And so what something like Rock Solid provides is those you know those principles and uh, and those ideas. And so that's where that came from. And then I have been in this job a couple of years and I'm known known of uh, of the resources and been part of YFC for about nine years I ran residentials and other bits and pieces before that but then I guess also been a, a bit of a, uh, a frustrated youth worker where often if I was given a resource what I'd do is I'd kind of have the pdf in front of me and then I'd kind of get a I'd get a marker pen and I'd be crossing yeah. bits out and, and putting arrows to reorder things and then writing my own testimony in and it looked like a mess but and, and so what we've done is we've basically created a digital vehicle to make that journey happen without the marker pen um and um, and so yeah, and and I say the feedback's been genuinely amazing. We've been blown away, and I think what's been really exciting is first of all, not not only are people enjoying the kind of technology, which is just amazing, and the guys have built the site have been incredible, and it's a, it's an incredible bit of technology. But almost more exciting has been what the way people have caught the vision for for a evangelistic youth ministry. Youth ministry and is not should not just be about looking after Christian kids and hoping that they might just get through to 18 as still following Jesus. Mm. 85% of people who last to Jesus in, in this part of the world do so before the age of 23, which means 85% of every church's home mission budget should be spent on youth ministry, first wow. of all. 
Can you repeat that? Repeat that, please, Phil. Repeat yeah. that statistic for our listeners. That eighty-five percent of people who become Christians in this part of the world give that do so. They decide to do so before the age of twenty-three. So that was a that was a start this year from the evangelical. Life. Wow. And and so so we should be investing wholeheartedly in youth ministry. And I think what's been exciting for me is that churches have got behind that. Yes, if, if the world's going to be changed, it's going to be through trying to reach young people. And so we try and offer vehicles to make that happen. The second second thing within that, in terms of the vision piece, is that I, I wholeheartedly believe that the most effective evangelists in the world are young people. When uh, when when Jesus start when Jesus came to change the world, the disciples were most likely aged between fifteen and twenty two. Means that when Jesus came to change the world, he didn't, you know, run for government, didn't start an army, didn't take part in a reality TV show like Strictly Come Fishing or Jesus <laughs> Got Talent. What what Jesus did is he started a youth group. Yeah. And and that's still that's still the case today. I, I was hanging out this lunchtime with a youth worker, and I, t- I said I said to him, "Tell me about your uh, your journey to faith." And he said, "My girlfriend brought me along." I said, "Who brought your girlfriend along?" She, he said, "Her friend." So this youth worker, who's now a youth worker, one of the biggest churches in Birmingham, came to faith because his girlfriend's friend said to his girlfriend at the time, when they were sick, come to church with me. And, and that's how people come to faith. And so, so those two discipleship resources, Lumen and Metal, they are framed around peer evangelism. When, when Billy Graham set up Youth for Christ in 1946, he said the best way to reach young people is for young people. And so, we, so that's what we do. So we've created Lumen and Metal, which are basically in-depth discipleship resources. But every session has that aspect of peer evangelism. That says not if you're if you've got a session on sex and relationships, then we will give you deep biblical teaching on how to lead a, a, a life with, with pure relationships. But then on top of that, it will say when your friends start talking to you about relationships, this is the, uh, the important thing is how to answer those questions into a way that helps them become more curious about the Christian faith and starts a conversation where you get to tell your story, find out their story, and tell a bit of God's story in that conversation. Love it, love it, love it, love it. All right, but we've, we've mentioned your your infectious. Um, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it now. Your infectious yeah. attitude <laughs> for, for 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 life in general, and one thing I think is interesting, and I, I I want you to talk a bit about this for yourself, is how were you able to? A lot of our young people and a lot of our youth leaders um, find it hard sometimes to express their personality and still be this youth leader or this youth pastor or someone that people. Um, look up to and so they can suppress their personality but I'm looking here on your Twitter page and for those of you who can't see you're jumping about 50 feet up in the air and um, you know and through this conversation we've got your 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 passion and your personality coming through can you was there a, a pivotal moment where you realized I'm going to be who I am and and God's going to use me rather than trying to draw back some of yourself because a lot of youth leaders I speak to they do think that there's a mold or a certain way they have to be if they're going to be effective for God how where did you learn that actually that is not true I uh I've not I've, to be honest I've not come across too much of that Luke I'm honest, I'm honest okay. but, but I think I think for me I um there's been a few moments I I, I fundamentally believe that one of the core things of, of being a Christian is about like your identity and, and I, find, I find it fascinating. Take, for example, when um, in Matthew 16, when uh, Jesus takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. And there's that famous exchange where he says, who do people say that I am? And the disciples say, you know, some say Jeremiah, some say Elijah, some say one of the other prophets. And then he says, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? 
And Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, for this is not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And then he says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. Now, something fascinating happens there. First of all, J Peter realizes who Jesus is. Then Jesus tells Peter who he is. Then Jesus tells Peter what he'll do. And I so often, when I lead a young person to Jesus, and they you know, surrender their life to the king, I, I want to tell them what to do. I want to tell them, right, read your Bible. You need to go to church. You need to tell your mates about Jesus. You need to pray. You need to do all this stuff. But Jesus says, no, this is who you are. And, and I, I've had a few moments throughout my life where I've just realized who I am. And, and I kind of continue to do that. So I remember on my gap year when I, I really struggled to impress people with, by what I was doing. I went back to my first page of notes from my training on my gap year. And the first line of the first page of notes said, it's not about who you are, it's about whose you are. And that man had a profound impact on me. The second moment was probably when, uh, when my dad died when I was 21. And uh, he died of an aneurysm very, very suddenly. And uh, that not only did God continually say to me that I am your father, you know, through that experience. My mum on the night my dad died. Uh, read uh, Psalm 68, verse 5, which says, A father to the fatherless and defender of widows, God in his heart. Amazing. Power, the power of power of uh, the gospel. So um, so that that was a big piece of me. And out of that for me has come a real father's heart for the young people I know and work with. And now as a dad, I'm, I'm continually, when, when my son does stuff, and when he, when he does brilliantly and when he is a bit of a naughty boy, God, God continually reminds me, I'm your dad and I love you. And that was a big part of it. And then there's another, another thing. At one point, God, um, my brother-in-law was, uh, um, uh, was was preaching once. My brother-in-law was a Baptist minister, and he he was uh, he was speaking. And he says to someone across the room, he says, "And you need to be ruthlessly you." And he looked them in the eye and he said, "Be ruthlessly you." And and that really speaks to me as well because I think God so often just wants to look us in the eye, and and say, "Be ruthlessly you." And and so for me, I think there's something about identity that God God continues to be ruthlessly you and, and I'm I'm a people pleaser. I want people to like me. I want um, you know I'm I'm human in that respect. I guess Do you know what I mean. But but God says be ruthlessly you. And so if anyone's listening to this and they feel constrained by you know whatever expectations or pressures or or you know pressures by the young people to be cool, let me tell you I am not cool. <laughs> So, I'm so uncool. I'm, I don't buy clothes, and I don't even get them charity shops. I don't even buy that. My, my my operations director at work has got teenage children, and now again she drops an aid parcel on my desk on clothes. So I just don't, I, I, yeah, I just so I'm fully not cool, but I'm so comfortable with that because, <laughs> because God says to me, "Be ruthlessly you." I think we've also found we found the title for this episode: "Be ruthlessly you." That is definitely the title for this for this episode okay thank you so much for sharing those really personal moments as well we appreciate that here at the youth workshops thank you so much so okay tell us a little bit now about you since you mentioned your family yeah how how difficult is it to continue to do all the difficult work you do and balance family life and do you have any tips for any of our listeners who are trying to balance balance I their family life and their work that's really helpful you've saved some very tough questions then i I'm not very good at balance of life, if I'm really honest. Again, if I'm really honest. I, don't get me wrong. I, I totally, I totally love my family. Um, I have a very releasing and amazing wife. My wife is incredible. 
she um uh, she is a part-time mum or a full-time mum and 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 but part-time she runs a youth for christ center um based out of our local high school so yfc has a national office who i work for our national leadership team but then we have about 70 local centres. And local centres are centres, are charities in their own right, where often a bunch of churches come together and say, we want to reach young people in our community. And uh, so she runs one of those based out of the local high school. The story, that's incredible. I haven't got time to go into today. Um, but she, but we, when we got together and when we got married, we can't, I was already working for YFC and we kind of knew what we were um, getting ourselves in for. Um, and I was already doing a lot of travelling and my, my Involves, uh, you know, I guess a lot, of, lot of being away from home. I guess, but the, the, the what I can help with is a few. I try balance is a bad word, um, but there's a few things for me that are really sacred. So first of all, we have a date night every night, where every every Tuesday night, it's that that's totally sacred, and we that's that's when we hang out. I also have one weekend a month, which is in a diary, and that's absolutely sacred as well. I make sure I'm I'm doing I do no work one weekend a month to spend time with Danny. Um, I very rarely will go away for more than a week at a time. And whenever I do any international stuff, I try my very, very best to, to take my family with me. So I've had the privilege of doing a number of international trips. So I went to Kyrgyzstan a few years ago, uh, Central Asia, and Danny came with me and that was amazing. This summer, um, we're going to Canada. So we're going to speak at the Canada YFC conference. Again, one of the things that's happened with the resources is that internationally YFC, YFC is in 140 nations across the world. It's an amazing international organization. And one of the na huge nations of YFC is Canada. And they kind of got hold of the website um, and the resources that we've created and don't have anything like it out there. So we're going to try and launch Canada YFC Resources, which is amazing. So um, we're going out there and Danny and Caleb, my little two-year-old, are going to fly out there, which is going to be fun on a 10-hour plane journey. With two <laughs> Good luck. We bought, we bought, we bought a, uh, a DVD player and for some Five and Sam DVDs. Happy days. Um, yeah, that's just for me. No, it's not <laughs> I was going to say, what's the baby going to watch? <laughs> so, yes, I try, try and do that. And also, also for us, it's always been a team game. We've always said that our marriage and our house and everything that we do is as, for Jesus. And, and that's not, a, that's not a, a way of justifying, you know, I've got to do some ministry, I'm going out. But it's a, it's, it's a way of saying, you know, we, we have some principles, I guess, on which our marriage is based. And one of them is that we just desperate both of us for as many people to come to know Jesus and as many people to get to know Jesus better through our marriage. And so we, we try and make as much precious time as we can one another um and and also do you know what if, if danny said i really need you to you know have a have a week off work here a week off work there i, I the, the great nature of my work is that i could say right well we'll, we'll, well let's block it out let's done you know what i mean and, 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 and move things around um but um but our, our marriage is very much a team game and we're, we're trying to try to be as releasing as we can of each other um but but in terms of the the hours of work and the balance to my life that I have, I'm not, probably not a very good example of that. <laughs> if I'm really, really honest. Um, but at the same time, we have a real, we have a real honest marriage. And so, if at any point either of us just felt we just needed to step back from anything, then for me, there's no, there's nothing really that I'd, I'd put above that really. Um, and uh, uh, but, but when we stood before God and said that we, we were. Our marriage was about Jesus. That's we really meant that, and we try and try and do that with our with our ministry as well as kind of our lives. Really, so yeah, 
<laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. It's, it's good. It's good. It's going to help a lot of our listeners, and that's what it's about. Well, we've been we've been on the call for quite a while now. We've got some awesome advice and tips from you. How about maybe just one last really pivotal, crucial piece of advice that you want to leave with our with our listeners? Um, I would say don't don't give up on Jesus, and don't stop believing that at any moment revival could break out and, and and believe in young people believe that young people can change the world i, I think our biggest danger uh, in in britain is is taking a step back and shrinking back rather than get rather than getting on that front foot and i think i would say if you uh if your youth ministry is lacking a bit of evangelistic edge then step into that and and and, and focus on mission focus on outreach because i genuinely also believe that the best way of discipling young people is by releasing them into a mission of evangelism i think i think that's what jesus did with the disciples it's how i've grown the most and uh, and i think so i would say get get on the front foot get young people passionate about mission mission evangelism and and try and find ways of reaching out the church in this country will not die because it tries to expand and fails the church in this country uh, uh will die because it's if it does because it shrinks back into its own holy huddle get on that Know that, know that as youth workers, you do probably the most effective and and most important job in the church because of that stat about when young people come to faith. Let's and let's make the most of the opportunities that we have. Let's make the most in, let's make the most of the opportunity that we have to tell young people about Jesus. Don't be afraid of getting young people to make a decision about Jesus. I've I've spoken in a number of churches recently and and a number of events and I felt compelled all of them to give an opportunity for young people to make, to become Christians for the first time and, and every single one young people have said yes I want to follow Jesus don't don't shy away from that decision moment you know what it's awkward when no one responds but yeah <laughs> it's, it's young people had opportunities to follow Jesus so so I'd say yeah I would say I'd say let's let's not shrink back let's have let's not have low expectations let's have big expectations of what God might do and, uh, and let's believe in mission, believe in evangelism, believe in young people and trust God and press into him. For that. Phil, just leave with us now the best way to get in contact with you and to reach out to Youth for Christ resources. Yeah, so in terms of probably the best, best most simple way is get in touch with me on Twitter, at Phil Knox, uh, P-H-I-L-K-N-O-X, um, or, uh, or go to the YFC resources website, uh, www.yfcresources.co.uk. Check those out. There's a free trial on there. We'd love to know what you think. We're in early stages of that project. So drop us an email or drop us a tweet. Um, my email is phil, P-H-I-L, dot nox, K-N-O-X, at yfc.co.uk. Um, would love to hear from you. Genuinely, genuinely, we exist to equip and inspire youth workers like yourselves. If we can do anything as YFC to do that, um, then let us know and we'll do our very, very best. Um, but yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much, Phil. Thank you for joining us in the Youth Workshop and we will speak to you again soon. Thanks, Luke. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Youth Workshop podcast. Don't forget to head on over to iTunes where you can subscribe to the show so you will never miss an episode. For your free copy of my book, On Your Marks, A Beginner's Guide to Youth Ministry, head to www.theyouthworkshop.com forward slash March Baby. And until next time, create an impact with your influence.